welcome to Let's Unpack That, a podcast that now does bonus content. I'm Paige. And I'm Ian. And if you're, thank you for joining us for our first episode that we're labeling as bonus content instead of a mid-month review episode, because we're going to start doing these just quick, short turnaround episodes of 40 minutes or less, hopefully, uh, about things that we love that are in the conversation or that get our goat. And this one definitely fills those latter two categories. Uh, things that we hate. <laughs> mm, I, you do. And I, so I'm going to let you start this one because I feel nothing but apathy. So just a little context. Um, we just finished recording our October episode that will go up at the end of the month. But in the meantime, because we've sort of shifted formats and we'll talk about that more in the October episode, we are going to try and do just little unscripted bonus episodes about just things that come up and things that we have to talk about. And I think that Blonde, directed by Andrew Dominic, starring Anna Armas, is a thing that we unfortunately have to talk about. We have, we have to. Unfortunate. Um. I personally thought, like, I have, this has been maybe my most, definitely one of my most, if not my most anticipated movie of the year. I love an icon. Give me Marilyn. Give me Elizabeth Taylor. Give me fake icons like Evelyn Hugo. I love an icon. I was ready for Ana de Armas as Marilyn Monroe. She was my, like, I, she's going to get my love for the Oscars even before I see this movie. It's going to be wonderful. And on a scale of one to 10, how disappointed were you? 100. Okay. So. 100. uh, Just to get into it, like, this is going to be a spoilery conversation. If you have not watched Blonde and you plan on it, if you care about spoilers, uh, I'm going to say don't watch it. It's not worth it. You want us to do this. You want us to do this. This is a a public service. Um, I'm going to say don't watch it. And we're going to spoil from the top because. I want this to ruin your desire to watch the movie. So, yeah. Listen to us. Don't watch that. Um, Mm-mm. It was bad. Like, I... Oh, my it. God. Um, so, just for, like, my viewing experience, uh, me and a couple of my friends streamed it together. So, we were all just in a group chat watching it together. And literally every five minutes, someone would chime into the group chat and be like, in the first 40 minutes. People were chiming into the group chat. Hey, this is almost over, right? Like, there can't be much more of this, right? I sent you that message within the first five minutes. Yeah. This is, there's three hours. I sent you a very similar feeling. Every minute is the worst minute in cinematic history. I have to calm myself down because I know that I'm like destroying our levels right now. So, editing this when I throw it together is going to be a nightmare. Anyway. Uh, so from the beginning, you get this like made up backstory of Marilyn Monroe's upbringing, her, you know, mother with like mental problems, uh, trying to kill her, which like I Googled and that didn't happen. There's no like record of that happening. Um, and then like being dragged to an orphanage by that girl from Aquamarine. Every actor reveal in this movie is more shocking than the last <laughs> everything about it is bad. And like, I know that I have like really strong opinions about this, like more so than you do, because you were able to just be like, I just don't care about this. 
but like I think it was the New York Times that said it was like the passion of the Christ but for Marilyn Monroe and like that is 100% accurate I just my I have a strong feeling and that is my ultimate opinion that because this movie provoked no reaction this is the worst movie that I have ever watched it is like there is no contest this is the worst movie I've ever seen in my whole life so I kind of want to get into like the themes around it that like really bothered me so there's this like objectification of Marilyn Monroe um she is topless through more than half the movie we see like this very it's not like pornographic but it is like objectifying uh, and sort of demoralizing view of her body and just her as a sexual being and how men take advantage of that. So there's that, right? And it's like, we see her go into an audition and then immediately she just randomly gets raped. Trigger warning. We didn't do that at the top, but trigger warning there. It's all, it's all over. You've- this, 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 this movie, again, if, this, if you have a trigger warning, it is in this film. Exactly. So there's that aspect of it, but then like it sort of blew up that there was this big like controversy over it getting an NC-17 rating and there's nothing particularly graphic about any of the sex except for the fact that she is like naked through the entire movie in a way that feels extremely objectifying. Like I've seen more now of Ana de Armas's nipples than I have of like people that I've dated. I just, they were just out and about. I want to, I, I want to take a second and, and talk about that rating because it's NC-17. And so I just thought like explicit, like I, several people, you included, have, have had mentioned before I watched this, like the pornographic nature of this movie. So I just thought it was going to be like a lot of sexual content. Unless there is a minute limit to how much of the movie can have boobs out on screen, I don't understand an NC-17 rating. I, like, I'm like, did Andrew Dominic put that on here, there himself? Because this movie does nothing even, like, it does nothing interesting with anything. It does nothing provocative with anything. And I'm talking about, like, negative provocative as well as, like, positive provocative. It, it like, I became so like numb to Audit Armas's boobs being out. Everything just became like it wasn't even like I was disgusted by how much they did. Like I just like I did not care. Well I think it's like the juxtaposition of like every time something horrible happens to her, her tits are out. Like there's a part where her ex played by Xavier Samuels from Twilight. That's literally the only thing I know him from. I'm sure he's been in other stuff, but I just couldn't take him seriously because I'm like, oh, it's that guy from Twilight. Um, he is like her ex-boyfriend and he sells her nudes to Joe DiMaggio. And then he, Joe DiMaggio tears into the house and she's casually laying topless in bed reading and he just smacks her, right? And so that violence happens to her and we just see tits. Uh, there's another part where, and we'll get into the, what I think is extremely like anti-abortion propaganda later, but there's a part where she's having a dream that she's having her second abortion 
And then she wakes up because she was sleeping naked and throws the covers off and she's just covered in blood from the waist down. Like implying a particularly violent miscarriage. And it's like, I don't understand why there's like this juxtaposition of like, here are her boobs, but then also like violence is happening to her. But even that, like it took this weird turn into like horror, like her veins were like, extra like showing through her skin almost as if she had like blood poisoning and she's covered in what you're supposed to think is blood but like it's in black and white because this movie for some unknown reason vacillates like without context for what the like commentary is between black and white and color um and so i was trying to piece together it, 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 it looks like it looks like paint like when she gets up, like it's so ludicrous and like exaggerated and in black and white that it looks like paint. Like it did not, again, nothing about this movie makes any sense. That was another thing I was trying to piece together is like, I think what could have been interesting is if you had done like the black and white parts are fictionalized and the parts that are in color are things that we know to be true. But, like, there's none of that. It literally, there's a scene where it goes from black and white to color to black and white, all in the same scene. And so, even artistically, this movie doesn't make sense. No, it's it's like Andrew Dominic took every interesting visual device that he has ever seen and put it in this movie. Like, ev- like every single one. Like, there's a there's a visual of, like, little blue and purple sperm just like wiggling around at one point and i'm like what do you like tree of life like i don't understand yeah like i I, it's literally like he uses every artistic choice he has ever found interesting in a movie in this film and i'm just like was there no editor like did you just not have someone to go like there it you feel like watching there's no cohesion literally no cohesion you feel like watching the movie that literally nothing was left on the cutting room floor. If this was a DVD, there are mm. no deleted scenes. Everything that mm. was shot no. is in the movie. And it shouldn't have been. There, which is, again, why I had, why I think I had no reaction to this movie because there is no narrative cohesion. There is no, like, there is no take on Marilyn at all. Like, there is no, in my opinion, like, they every thought that somebody has had about Marilyn Monroe is in this movie. Like Andrew Dominic and this story take no stance on which depiction of Marilyn. Like, is it the like my week with Marilyn, like Marilyn where she's she wants to be this like actress, like this serious theatrical actress so bad? Like that Marilyn from my week with Marilyn, is it the smash? TV show Marilyn where she's like this like depressed figure like because her life was so rough because men took so much advantage of the fact that she was like this sexual being and like she just has to play this like character her whole life which I think is what the book kind of gets at is that it's like the book posits that like Norma Jean exists the whole time almost like in this like Stephanie Germanata Lady Gaga fashion where like Marilyn is a character that Norma Jean is doing and Marilyn is then doing the character. So like there's this like meta level 
to the story. Well, I think there are bits of that, that in the movie. My, it, but it, but like, and that's what I thought that I was going to get. Like, I thought that it was going to be like this kind of fractured thriller from that trailer, right? Where she sits in front of that mirror. But that doesn't happen until like the last 20 minutes of the movie. Yeah. And I barely remember it. And, and I thought that's what we were getting. I thought it was going to be this like fractured personality thriller about like Marilyn taking over Norma Jean. Cause I know the book is kind of like parallel stories and alternate theories and all that kind of stuff. So like, I thought that we were going to get this like parallel na- narrative of like what happens and like, if Norma Jean just continues to live her normal life versus the Marilyn part, Marilyn is like taking over her personality, maybe something like that. No, this movie is not interesting. Like this movie does nothing interesting. No. And that's like one of the things I was the most confused about is because like, so the first, I want to say like 45 minutes of the movie, there is no dialogue. It is, monologue scene cut monologue scene cut monologue scene cut there are like bits and pieces of characters actually talking to each other but like it's mostly like here's a very long monologue that i'm going to give you and it's like what like there's no story it's like bits and pieces of this made-up biography and the movie doesn't know if it wants to be a thriller or a biopic and it just is so confusing Every minute of this is more confusing than the last. When we had spent more than five minutes at the beginning of this movie with Marilyn Monroe as like a 12-year-old, not even like a six-year-old or seven-year-old, I was like, this is going to be painful. Like the first 20 minutes is her at like six or seven. Oh, yeah. And, well, and it's that verse it drags on. Oh, and then like, but then like abruptly ends. Like the Joe DiMaggio stuff, like is so quick. Even though he's often posited as like her like one true love, right? Especially because Joe DiMaggio, I think Joe DiMaggio in his personal life after she died, especially seemed to paint this narrative. Yeah. Um, and but I like he's say, often kind of posited. I will say one star for this movie because unfortunately Bobby Cannavale is extremely hot just in normal. He looks good in black and white. He looks good in color. Like he is a very, very, very attractive man. So one star for Bobby Cannavale being super hot. That's all I have for this movie. I take it away with the fact that I thought they were going to give us like some kind of queerness with this thruple. And then those men, they have no affection for each other. It's like exquisite corpse almost, but like without like the sexuality, like it's just so, it's just such a bad movie. We were talking about the beginning and like, so the beginning of it is just uh, Julianne and Julianne Nichols monologuing badly. And I'm like, baby, I know that you are like an amazing actress. What have they done to you? What is this like stage direction that you're getting where you're supposed to be reading all of your lines, like a high school freshman auditioning for their first school play? Well, let's talk, I mean, that's like, once we finally get Ana de Armas, I love Ana de Armas. I love Knives Out. I loved her in the most recent James Bond movie. See, I have questions about that. That was a, that was a topic in our group chat of like, is Ana de Armas a good actress? Because at this point, I don't know. The last two movies I saw of her were this and Deepwater. 
and she was not good in either of them. And like Deep Water, I think was just a bad script. And this, I'm willing to believe that she was given direction to be bad because it felt like everyone was given direction to act badly, to be a bad actor. Not act, to not act. Yeah. But I don't know, there are some scenes in this movie where I like her performance. Like after she has her first dinner date with Joe DiMaggio, she has like a really great scene in like the dressing room where Mm -hmm. they're like, like where she's so like, like where you can see that star quality to her. Yeah. Like, like if she is not the, and I think there's some of like what, what people feel about Marilyn. Like, I don't know yet if she is a great actress, but she is a star. She's a star. Like she is engaging. She's, I like her performance in Knives Out and then like the star quality there in everybody's feeling about like the most recent James Bond movie, like the biggest takeaway was like, why isn't there more Ana de Armas? Yeah. Ana de Armas is the star of that movie. Like, can we have, she can't be the next James Bond because she's not British and the character she's playing is not British, but like, where is her spinoff series? There have been non-British James Bonds before, so. But no, but they've all been from the UK. Ana de Armas is not. And Lord knows we can tell she's not because, again, this, what I want to get into with her performance is this accent. I told my partner, Jay, I said, it, is, it got to the point in that film where I was like, is this on purpose? Like, since, like, Norma Jean is playing Marilyn as a character, was, was Ana de Armas allowed to have a horrible accent to show that Ana de Armas is playing Norma Jean, who's playing Marilyn, who's been playing these characters in these films because her accent is like her personal accent does not slip away at all like I don't understand the lack of accent work and to the point where I'm like is this it has to be a purposeful choice right because it's so bad it makes it even worse that they show actual clips of Marilyn in movies and so you get to hear Marilyn and how little Ana de Armas sounds like her right no, I because that whole we, that whole weird thing where it's almost this movie almost takes a bite like when it does the biopic parts, it's almost like Bohemian Rhapsody where like you like pause for a song, like it's like scene that's thematically connected to song, theme that's thematic thematically connected to next song to the point where it's where like Bohemian Rhapsody was almost like a uh, like a concert film, right? In a weird way. And, and it felt like that with this, where it was like, they'd go to this theater and they'd watch a clip of a Marilyn Monroe movie. Yeah. Or you would see her like acting in a Marilyn Monroe movie. No, I just, it, I come away from this movie with the idea that Andrew Dominic genuinely hates Marilyn Monroe. And more than that, genuinely hates women. Um, it's, there are so many times where Marilyn Monroe says something smart or the character of Marilyn Monroe says something smart. Like she talks about Chekhov and she talks about like Arthur, she's talking to Arthur Miller and talking about his work. Who told you that? Who told you to think that? And she's like, no, I can read. Like the men in this movie don't think that she can read. And like, I understand that there's probably a level of like accuracy there where she was like this blonde bombshell. So people thought she was dumb, but like, I get it. You've said it seven times in the last 10 minutes we can move on from that and then 
the like aspects of her that like the way that this movie hates her sexuality like she goes in for an audition and gets raped she goes in to meet with the president and suddenly i'm watching like 10 minutes of the worst blowjob I've ever seen in my life. Like, I don't think Andrew Dominic has ever gotten a blowjob. I just have questions. Like that scene was so uncomfortable to just sit there and watch. Like. It's so close up on her face. Like, and and I'm again, I'm sorry for the fact that podcasts are not a visual medium because I have my hand in front of my face, but it's so (laughs) close up on her face that like, we don't even get hairline. We don't even get all of her hand around whatever phallus-shaped object she's holding. I don't like, even think there was anything it's, there. It's, I just think that there was her hand blocking her lips. Like I just, oh, one hundred percent. That was another thing like, about it, this is like we can see Anna Darmus's nipples every five minutes, but we don't even see a sliver of penis. That's and that's again why I don't get this NC seventeen rating. Like we don't like we get her face during assault scenes. We get her boobs a lot, but we don't get anything graphic. No, there's literally no like, like sex in the movie. I don't understand. Like, I know that male genitalia, for some strange reason, automatically means R rating or NC-17 rating. Like, I don't understand that, but it's just like the case that like boobs can be PG-13 or R, but like male genitalia, automatic like R or NC-17. And so I assume that's what we were going to get. And we didn't even get that. Like, again, I almost think, I'm like, did Andrew Dominic put an NC-17 rating on this movie himself? Because he wanted it, it to has, seem provocative to, to get people into the audience. My other problem is, it's just this whole idea that, like, the whole continued conversation that, like, studio system Hollywood meant women had to have sex with producers to get roles is so tired. It's cliche. We we know it. It's gotten to the point where now Kate McKinnon can be on SNL doing those like actress roundtable spoofs as like that old woman from like this like studio system of Hollywood time period making jokes about like the things that she was like you know made to do or did to to get role. Like it it's not interesting anymore. Well, and so there's like. Like, like, like it, it would be more interesting. Like, I thought that what we were going to get is this depiction of Norma Jean as, like, completely in control right. of the narrative around creating Marilyn. And so I thought, like, okay, we're going to get this narrative and, like, we're going to see that, like, she didn't, like like that like she goes in and like has this like sexual encounter on like giving her agency almost mm-hmm. putting the agency in the hands of, of Norma Jean slash Marilyn and that's not what happens like it's just the tired idea that we already get that men are dogs well, and but so, again like- it doesn't even give you like why I had no feelings at all about this movie emotionally while I watched it and why I'm so tired of, of this movie, like was tired of it while I was watching it and, and think it's the worst movie it's ever seen. Is that it's not even like provocative around the sexual assault. Like if Andrew Dominic was just completely brutalizing Marilyn Monroe, that would at least be something I could hate. 
but you don't even get that because the whole time it is literally just this movie does brutalize her it brutalizes her legacy and it brutalizes like the mythology around her like because we don't like i don't need to see him brutalize her body on camera because it is brutalizing her like in like she's dead let her rest please let this woman rest and it's so interesting to think about this coming off the heels of the like kim kardashian stunt at um the met gala this year where she's like i starved myself to fit in this original dress that was like Marilyn Monroe's dress that she wore to sing happy birthday to the president like this iconic dress like let her li- like let her die let her be dead rest in peace but, stop but, resurrecting but this woman to just like terrorize her legacy but here's here's my problem and here's why that didn't even bother me is that so tired too like that's so 90s talking about Marilyn like that, talking about Pamela Anderson like that, talking about Monica Lewinsky like that. Like, it's so, talking about Whitney like that, it's so tired that well, even like, that didn't bother me. Like, like Andrew Dominic is doing nothing original or interesting, like, at all. Like, I, it, like, but I don't understand how you can't be bothered by that when, like, it just keeps happening. Like, I... Like, let women live and let women be dead. Like, I don't understand how, like, it's this level of, like, apathy when we keep seeing men, specifically men, parade these women's legacies and their bodies through the streets in just the most brutal way. And, like, that's where my, like, anger comes from in this is because, like, I can imagine a version of this directed by a woman that is interesting, but it just feels like this male director fucking hates women and whatever, yep. for whatever mm-hmm. reason, has a vendetta against Marilyn Monroe and just wanted to brutally destroy her on film with no point, like no purpose, no end. Like the only purpose was brutalization and to make people watch it. I, I think that my biggest thing is that it's just like, it's what every straight man especially white straight men do with these kind of women that like, like I have an issue with the greater concept, but like I can't bring myself to have feelings around this film. I think my breaking point with it is that like, haven't women been through enough? Like, can we just let them live? There is like an element to the movie that we haven't, that like kind of touched on, but like not really. There are not one, but two vaginal point of view abortion scenes in a movie that feels like it is ex- giving extremely anti-abortion propaganda. And so this in the context of like where we are politically and like fighting for our lives to have control over our own like uteruses, like that's the part to me that is the most egregious, especially because sandwiched between your two vaginal POV abortion scenes, you have a scene where her second middle fetus Uh, that she eventually has a miscarriage um, talking to her and telling her, I can't believe that you did this to me. I'm that same fetus that you aborted. And now I'm talking to you, telling you that you're a bad person because you hurt me. And like, I'm like, are you, what are we fucking doing here? See, and my, like the first one that happens, (laughs) so sad to say that 
the first one that happens, it's like, okay, she's doing this because these two, like, you know, she's worried that she's going to pass on the mental disorder that this fake version of her mother has. And so she decides to have that first abortion. And that speaks to like agency. And so mm-hmm. I thought like, okay, like the first one, that second one, after the encounter with President Kennedy, it like that is the one area where I had an emotional response to this movie because I also did think, is this movie anti-abortion or or like or this movie is going to give this movie or this director are not anti-abortion. This movie is going to feed into the anti-abortion narrative. This movie is one hundred percent anti-abortion like, propaganda. Like, like look at this hedonistic Hollywood elite cultural icon woman who who's like drugged up and coked out and like has sex with the president and then the president sends his secret service agents to force her to have an abortion this liberal icon president forces her his mistress to have an abortion because he's on this phone call while she's giving him a blowjob and it's like it's, and we're hearing this whole like your behavior with these women is ruining the country, Mr. President, whole like dialogue that I'm like, this is the most famous woman in America at the time that that she's living. America's bombshell. She is being treated like just a prostitute and not that there's anything wrong with sex work, but she is being treated like, I mean, she's being I treated cannot like imagine that, that if Marilyn Monroe really was sleeping with President Kennedy, that it was not an active choice on her part. And this seems to imply that she is just so, so like hungry for male attention that she at this level of her fame, the height of her fame, after gentlemen prefer blondes and some like it hot and the seven year itch, that even then at the height of her fame, she is so thirsty for male attention that she has no autonomy around having sex with the president of the united states that's like the whole thesis statement of the movie is that she has daddy issues and so she has no autonomy in any of these sexual encounters she calls both of her husbands daddy the that's the only way that she addresses them so like because her father because she never knew her father she like has all these daddy issues and so she has no sexual autonomy of her own and we didn't even we have to wrap this up because we're running out of time on the little zoom but we didn't even get into the fact that like the Charlie Chaplin Jr. is the she's one pretending, gaslit. writing her letters, pretending to be her dad. Yeah, she's being gaslit her. into believing that her father is like reaching out to her. Right. Um, which, so again, I, I think that's another reason why I had so little feeling about this movie in the moment that led me to say that this is the worst movie ever made because it evoked no reaction is because, again, the only cohesive idea in the movie is that Marilyn Monroe has daddy issues. And again, saying that a woman has daddy issues is so tired. It's so tired. Yeah. So just to wrap this up, because we uh, we are trying to keep this to the length of one Zoom. Uh, do you have any final thoughts just to close us out? I just cannot believe that someone was able to make a movie that made me feel nothing. Like, didn't make me angry, didn't make me sad, didn't make me disgusted, didn't make me laugh, didn't make me think. Did, like... That, like I watched old M Night Shyamalan's old last week, and at least was like horrified and grossed out by like the body horror, and interested in the final like twist of the film. This movie made me feel nothing. My 
thing is like I this is based on a book that I've always wanted to read and a book that a lot of people whose opinions I who I love and whose same. opinions I respect same love this book same and one I'm about just those like, things I need mm-hmm. to know how much of this is Andrew Dominic taking artistic liberties versus how much of this is actually in the text of the book that's a question that I have I don't know that I'll read the book after this someone else can I have know. to I, it'll be me maybe on our end, end of November episode but I have to Okay, well, let me know. Like, because I don't really trust Joyce Carol Oates either. Like, she's someone. No, who no, I'm she like, is, mm. she, 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 she has completely invalidated herself in her Twitter discourse. So yeah, she's someone else who I'm like, I don't really trust. She capes for awful men. Like, it would not shock me if this book was full of awful men. It's like the way that Arthur Miller is portrayed in this. Yeah. Um, in this movie that we didn't get in, that you know, we didn't really get into like the men of it all, the husbands of it all, especially. But, which we don't even get the first husband. Hmm. Again, I mean, it it just, just, it's a bad movie. It's One so star, bad. zero it's so stars, bad. Please don't watch however. This. Marilyn Monroe is already dead. Please stop hitting her. I guess that's like my last final endpoint. I can't believe you made me want Marilyn Monroe to be dead. I said the whole movie like, when, when is she going to die? Literally. I was just like, she has to die soon. So, those are our thoughts on Blonde. Uh, watch it if you want. I recommend not. Don't. Just honestly, don't watch it. It's You've made it this far. You know what you need to know. Don't. It's three hours Honor of your life that you Honor need to, to get back. Honor to Armas will not be Oscar nominated. This movie will not be Oscar nominated. There's no point in watching this. Is this her audition for Evelyn Hugo? I'd watch that because at the very least, Evelyn Hugo. I don't have some autonomy. Let me look up really quick. Well, no, I'm talking about like, so Honor to Armas is from Havana, Cuba. So at the very least, Evelyn Hugo is a Latina woman. Ana de Armas is a Latina woman. At least accent wouldn't bother me. Yeah, true. All right. So that's our thoughts on Blonde. Uh, uh, this will come out a little before, our, or probably a week or so before our October episode. So until the last week of October, you can find me at Nosferatu's on Instagram. And me at Critical Gaze, G-A-Y-Z-E. Follow us on Patreon for $2 a month to support these kind of content episodes at Get Unpacked Pod. And send us your thoughts on Blonde if you happen to have seen it. Because I want to know what other people think. I want smart people to watch this and have opinions about it. So until next time. <laughs>